And he said, you ought to be happy and clap or something. You know what I mean? And I said, look, do you go to church? Do you believe in Christ? And she said, yes. I said, do you go to church? And she said, yes. I go to the Baptist church. I said, he goes with you next time you go. And I said, you go when you go to that church and you tell them that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, that, that boy hugged me. It was almost like he wouldn't let go. But he experienced something that night. And there was something that was released that night. And, and that, that's my testimony. There's a whole lot more we could go. But, so we're just going to take a few moments and begin to testify. And Which one of you ladies want to go first? Because I'm all for, for ladies first. Um, just like Pastor Eric said, you know, her testimony was so powerful. And, you know, when we got there, there was a lot of time that we spent listening to Jay talk. And then uh, Michelle's mother came up and she spoke a little bit. And there was a lot of noise in the auditorium. But I was, the thing that just stuck out to me, you know, was so profound was when she got up there and she started to give her testimony, it was silent. I mean, the kids weren't even making a peep. The small children, you know, that had been crying and fussing the whole time, it was just so quiet every ear was really just tuned into what she was saying and it was so powerful because she talked about you know her experience when she had gone to hell and what God had showed her there and um, there were several situations that he had um, taken her through and I'm sure a lot of them really ministered to things in her life like her brother was into drugs and alcohol and she saw you know some people in hell that were being tormented who had suffered from you know addictions like that and um that was, I mean, just so heart-touching, you know, to me. It was heart-wrenching. I was just so sad for those people, just like I'm sure she was. She was scared, but she was sad. And the stark contrast was just when she went to heaven, you know, the tenderness, the gentleness that Jesus had shown her and just the heart that he has for the children. And one uh, one time she got to go up to these bassinets and she saw, you know, all these babies and she saw one named Anna and then one named um, Noah. And, you know, he asked her which one had made her happy. And she said, Noah, well, her mother was pregnant at the time, I guess. And um, Noah was her brother. <laughs> so she got to meet him before he was born. I mean, it was really, really awesome. And um, it, it was sad, too, because she talked about um, she had saw a girl who had numbers, I guess, on her neck or something. And she asked Jesus about that. And he said that was a baby who had been aborted, that was his daughter now, you know, um, that her mother didn't want her, her daddy didn't want her, you know, and they gave her up and he took her. And I, I don't know, that's my heart's for the children too, you know, and I, I just, when she was talking about that, just that, the tenderness and the, the love that Jesus has for the children, you know, and just the fact that her testimony is so powerful. She's so young, so unbelievable, you know, for her age. And I, you know, I just want to get that message across to our kids that, you know, you can do great things. Jesus loves them and is so tender and caring toward them. And that was just what really stuck out to me. And um, we actually got to pray over people, you know, like Pastor Eric was saying, after they had accepted Jesus, we went out and we kind of did aftercare, <laughs> you know, like, is there anything we could pray for you specifically? And the last three girls that we had prayed for, they were some teenagers. And we had prayed over them and kind of rejoiced with them for a little bit. And then God started to give us words for them, which, I mean, we'd prayed over a lot of people, but th these girls, something about it, God was wanting to get a message across to them. And it was just really neat because, you know, we were given these words and I said, is this true? You know, is this, does this ring true to you? And they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of the girls, you know, um, I really felt like God had hold, told her that, 
he had given her a specific plan that he had given her dreams and goals in her heart. And I said, you know, people have told you before that your dreams are silly, right? She goes, yeah. I said, well, God says no. <laughs> he says he put those dreams in your heart and don't listen to what people say. And it was just so cool to get to see God minister specifically to people. I think Michelle did a really good job of summing up Michelle's testimony. Um, so I guess what really got me was the aftercare. It was my first time doing that kind of ministry, so it was a little bit different for me. And the first group of people that we went up to it was four children and their dad. And all four of the kids had received Christ that night. And the oldest one was in eighth grade, and she, she plays sports, which I didn't find out until after we'd prayed for. But she had hurt her ankle, and she was having a hard time walking on it. And so Michelle had gone ahead, and she had prayed over all of them. And I just reached down, and what was cool for me is my hands had been tingling since we, we got there. And so I knew God was going to do something. I just didn't know what. So I just reached down, I laid my hands on her ankle, and I prayed over her ankle, and immediately she could stand on it. It didn't hurt. She, and I mean, the tears just flowed. She was so touched. And I looked up at her, because I'm still on the ground with my hands on her ankle. I looked up at her, I said, you play sports, don't you? She goes, yeah, I play basketball and baseball. I said, honey, I said, God's going to move you into a place where you are, through your sports, you are going to be bringing people to Christ through your sports. And, I mean, the tears just started all over again with her. Um, her younger sister, the next one down the line, about fourth grade or so, she's been having some problems with her lymph nodes getting swollen up and hurting real bad. And so we prayed for those, and you could feel the swelling just immediately go down. And so, I mean, it was really, really amazing. Their dad was in tears, just absolutely in tears, because all four of his kids just that night received Christ. So... We went around and we prayed for some other people. And the three teenagers that Michelle was talking about, um, we were just praying over them, rejoicing with them. And I had my hand on one of them. And I just really, just out of nowhere, I looked at her. I said, you sing, don't you? She says, yeah, I do, but nobody really knows that. I said, stop hiding it. <laughs> I said, God wants to use your voice, so sing out and sing loud and sing proud. And she just got this big glow all over her. It was like she was just waiting for somebody to just say that. Um, so it, it was just the whole night we experienced such amazing healings. It, the salvations were awesome, but to be in the midst of it for me and to witness and be right there and be part of these healings and these testimonies for me was just really, really amazing. Well, I'm starting to feel like I'm dominating the microphone. I didn't mean to do that today, but there's just a lot going on, and I know that same presence of God. I could feel it this morning before I got here, so I know that God has something special for us today, but I just, as far in regards to Thursday, uh, just like Eric said, it was really life-changing. I mean, this girl, you had to see her. She wasn't a very tall or big 13-year-old. She's just a little girl. And just to, to see her get up there and, and, you know, me and Jessica weren't thinking we were going to go. 
we were going to send, you know, our kids really, they were going with or without us. And, and something just started, the Holy Spirit started to work on Jessica first and then me. And we were like, we're going, you know, we want to go. And we, we went and uh, so glad we did. Just one of the things I'm so grateful for is just to see uh, my whole family kind of encounter God at once. I mean, it, it was just amazing to watch my daughters and, and you know, and, and of course I encountered God. and But her testimony was just, you know, there were so many aspects of it and so many things and, and so many different things that they kind of told you, but uh, just how real it was to her and just for her to shout that to this, this congregation, like I said, like they said, there was like 200 people that came down. Uh, and when they came down, like they had us come up and, and get in position. So we get in position for ministry or whatever. And I see all these people coming down, Native Americans, and, and they're coming down the side of the gymnasium floor. And I'm like, boy, they sure got a lot of help, you know. <laughs> and then these guys in white shirts come out and start spreading them across. And you guys should have seen it. I mean, there was just 200 people just lying across there. And they all needed something, you know. They all needed God. And it just, you know, I caught myself kind of walking through there. It was like a spiritual bomb went off in there, you know, just the supernatural energy that was going on. And I was looking at their faces, just kind of trying to get a feel for what was going on. And just the looks on their faces, they needed God. They needed Him. I mean, their, their faces were red from tears and just stuff. And, and there's so many hurting people that came up all at once. And I was just watching them. They, they were anticipating God doing something in their life right then and there. And I know that He's got that same thing, you know, kind of this morning. And uh, I guess the, one of the many things that really stuck out to me was... Uh, Eric mentioned it briefly, but just when she got to the part in her testimony, she she was ta she spoke so boldly to the teen. She shared like two different segments of this testimony, and she started really sharing something passionate to the teens, you know about uh, about it being real and this is for real. It's not a joke. You know you need to know. And she was really preaching to him, but she said that there is somebody being tormented every second, every hour of every day of every year you know, that didn't make it, and she can hear those screams, and it's like, you know, you, it kind of shakes your perspective a little bit, you know, to think the stakes are a lot higher than we remember, you know, sometimes, and that really, that really impacted me, and I began to think about different people. Uh, I even had a, a kid in the youth group not even a couple weeks ago. He was asking me a lot of questions, and so after service, I was trying to minister to him, and I asked him if he was saved, and he, he said no, and he sa I said, well, what's holding you back, and he's told, gave me all these reasons, he gave me a list of reasons, he's like, Jason, I, you know, I'm not ready to make a 100% commitment, uh, you know, I'm not there yet, all these different things, and I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, think quick, Jason, you got to say the right thing, you know, because I did not want him to leave. And I was trying to minister to him, and he was just like, I, I don't know if I can be 100%. I don't know this. I don't know that. i got to get in position. And I ministered to him for a while, and he left that night. You know, it's just like, you know, what what happened, you know? And, and so there's just the stakes are a lot higher, you know, and, and uh, there's a lot of people hurting. I know that, but I know that God met 200 people that night and more, and it was just very, very, very powerful. It was an incredible experience just to see God move. And uh, I want to share this little rabbit trail briefly because it made me think of my son too. And, and you know, he he has limited relationship with God, but 
anyway, he's been going through something really bad. And just I want to give glory to God for this because I think somehow like a circuit maybe, and a, a spiritual circuit happened because he, he texted me. I texted him yesterday and I was like, uh, I just asked him how Colorado was because he's in Colorado right now. And he said, good. And then three hours later, he texted me and he's like, you know, God is so good. And those aren't words that I normally get from him, you know. And I knew he was going through a really hard time. So I said, what did God do, you know? <laughs> just kind of wanted, I wanted to try and bait him into go, keep going, you know. I want to hear this. And he just, he, he just let me know that he had, had been in Colorado and I knew he'd been hurting. He said, I'd just really, really been hurting. And he climbed this mountain and he said it was really hard. And I got to the top and I just screamed out all this hate that was inside me. And I just gave myself and gave it all to God. And it's... It's just incredible, you know. It's just incredible to see God work like that in my son's life. And just, I just, I'm just so thankful. And I know, I know that something special is here today. So I don't know what, where God's going, but there's something special. So, Hallelujah. She had, she had gone into hell and saw different people in hell. And the torment that she was, that was there. And Jesus was with her. And... There were some that it was just like they were their their, their addictions, but that was really boiled down to is they hadn't received Christ, and it was like although Jesus was there, and she was going Jesus Jesus you know Jesus do something oh Jesus I don't want to be here she said it's hot in here it's 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 uncomfortable in here it's I mean it was just it was it was hurting her heart but but yet Jesus continued to protect her and she saw these people. And they would like, they would come up and they would, they were, they were like, go, go back and tell them, go back and say something to somebody else. And then she said, all of a sudden they were gone, like into a lake of fire. Like we talk about and see in, in the Bible, it was just literally that she was, she was like, all of a sudden they were gone. And she, at the time when, you know, Michelle, when she had saw her brother, when Jesus had put the baby, she put, put Noah in her arms, and she held Noah. And then all of a sudden, she saw a sign come up, and it said, the son of, and it gave her mother's name and her stepfather's name. She saw that in heaven. She was on the, was it the second step or the third step? with Jesus and the time she was in a coma and and they thought she was dead her mother was praying and her mother prayed and said she said Jesus cuz she had been sick and had had some difficulty throughout her life from 2 years old until nine or whatever it was then and she had been praying her mother was pregnant and was praying and said Jesus if you need her you can have her but if you Leave her. I want her to be healthy. I want her to be well. Are you with me? She was saying because of the struggle, I want her to be able to, to live a life to where she can live a life that's healthy and well. And at that very time, she said she was with Jesus on the second step. And Jesus says, you can come with me or you can stay. You decide. And she said she looked over and there was clouds and the clouds had opened up, and she could see down in there, and she saw her mother praying that prayer. So she talked about it. It was an outer body. She used the term outer body experience that she was there and was looking down. And she saw her mother crying. She saw her aunt. She saw her uncle. She saw her family members because she was in a coma in the hospital at that time. And she looked at that, and she looked to Jesus, and she said, I want to stay. And Jesus, huh? 
yeah, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to stay home. I wanted to go back and be with my family. So there was a true experience in what she had for Jesus. So here's how it kind of transpired. And it was kind of unpacking as we were going. Because, um, because she had said her mother actually had read that book, Heaven is for Real. And said something to her about this boy had gone to heaven. And she was, I don't remember how old she was. But anyway, she said, I can tell you about my experience. Yeah, she said, lay the book down. I need to tell you about my experience. So the mother, she had not shared any of that with the mother. Yeah, so she laid the book down and she began to tell her mother of all these different experiences that she had experienced with the Lord. But she said, he was so beautiful. He was so amazing that there was just peace when she was with Jesus. And I'm telling you, we've got to let people know. We've got to let them know. One of the things we need to let them know is about the goodness of God. That God is good. There, there is judgment for those who do not know Christ. I want to be clear on that. There is. And, and she saw that and experienced that. And that hurt my heart. And it hurt her. She wept all the way through this testimony. She wept and she wept. And this wasn't a five-minute testimony. It might have been 45 minutes or an hour, hour and a half. I don't even know how long it was because everybody within that auditorium was so engrossed in what she did. She, she, she barely looked up. Most of the time she had her head down and the mic to her and she was just crying out, crying out. And she wept and she wept and she wept. And we, we need to be able to let people know there is a difference. There is a choice. And people have the opportunity to make that choice. But our choice needs to be for Jesus. We need to live for him. And like Jason said, she began to start talking to the teenagers. And she talked about uh, rebellion. She talked about disobedience. She talked about drugs and alcohol. And all these things that, 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 the, enemy, that the enemy tries to pull you in on. And you begin to get addicted. And you begin to, you begin to fall in that regard. To where you're, you're so engulfed by those things. They take over your life. And she's just beginning to release those things. To, to show that there's a difference. And that we have the opportunity. To let others know about Jesus Christ. And she began to talk about him. And talk about the experience she had with him. And then she, she came back. And it was like the very same time. That, that she was with Jesus. Was the very same time her mother was praying. Do you know what the Bible says about prayer? It says the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. It makes a difference. The fervent prayer, your prayers are making a difference. Oh, come on, somebody. You are praying. Don't think, well, God isn't hearing me, or don't think they aren't making a difference, because I'm telling you, they are making a difference. So mamas, keep praying for your babies. You keep praying for those that don't know Jesus. You keep praying for those loved ones that are around you or in your sphere of influence or in your family or that are maybe addicted to a, a drug or a bondage or whatever it might be that they are dealing with that they've separated themselves from hearing the Spirit of the Lord. But I'm here to tell you that there is a great revival coming. Oh, come on. You didn't hear me this morning. There's a great revival. There's something that's going to happen. There's something that's going to shift and for us to realize, you know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. 
When I was ministering to that young guy, he wasn't talking about the sins. Hello? He was confessing those and saying, I've been doing this, I've been doing that. But he says, if this Jesus is good, if this Jesus is what she says he is, then I need that Jesus. Can I get an amen? So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to segue this. Let's give the Lord some praise for those that have come to the Lord that night. And there's more coming. And we declare that God is moving and he's still on the throne. Can I get an amen? So we're going to step into this this next month. We've talked about family. We've talked about honor. We've talked about the presence of God. We need to get in the presence of God. You, you need to get in the presence of God. We need to come together like we are today. There's something happens when we come together corporately that you can't get when you're by yourself. There's something that happens, and Tatum had talked about one stream coming to another stream and to another stream and to another stream, and you guys, and then you guys, and then you guys, and, and we all come together, and all of a sudden, it's a, it's a flood. God is on the move. God is on the move. So we're going to begin to kick off some things today, and I'm just going to take a few minutes and sow something within your spirit, because there's a place that we're going to go, there's a place we're going to step into. But we're, we've been talking about the goodness of God, say the goodness of God. And we're going to talk about the goodness of God because a lot of times we don't know that God is good. A lot of times we just have, uh, we just say God is good, but yet we're not experiencing the goodness of God in our lives. Or maybe you are experiencing me and you're not acknowledging it. You're thinking it's you. You've done this and you've done that and you deserve these different things. But what we're asking you to do is let's, let's, let's seek God even more. So we're going to take the goodness of God and we're going to focus on that for a month. And maybe even longer. But it's about the, your knowledge. It's about your belief system. It's about those things that affect your everyday life. If I could do anything to help you, would be to release some things in your life to where and encourage you to say, I want to change my everyday life. Does anybody need some change in their everyday life? Or maybe you need to be the one up here preaching and teaching this thing because i got to have some change in my everyday life. So we're going to encourage you to, to be able to, to read some things or to listen to some other things. Take some time and set it aside. When you're driving from here to the city, get some CDs that will begin to speed, uh, feed you on the goodness of God. See, our goal is to help assist you in transformation. You can't transform communities or regions or states without us individually being transformed. Hello? But don't be afraid, is what I'm saying. Don't be afraid of what God wants to do in your life and help your, you in your transformation process. So we want to be able to increase the encounters. I'm telling you, we are crying out to God that you will encounter Him. I, I, I want Him to mess you up in a good way, mess you up. I want Him to, to be able to come in and shift some of your belief systems that maybe God isn't good and show you His goodness. So our goal is to be able to see transformation take place in you and then around you. In you and then around you. Because I've got to be transformed. I've got to be changed and transformed into his image and in his likeness. And this isn't one day, poof, you're transformed. You know what I mean? It doesn't work that way. 
I wish it did. And maybe once in a while there's some things that God will all of a sudden deliver instantly. I know people that have been instantly delivered from drugs or instantly delivered from the addiction of alcohol or instantly delivered from some of those things. But then there's some of us that it's harder and we're trying to walk that thing out and we're moving from the cross to the throne and we're in our everyday life and we're trying to do some things and we're working to do some things. And there was a, the word this morning was rest, that there's some times where we've just got to trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding. And all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. He's going to make a way. Oh, come on, somebody. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. So when we're talking about transformation, when we're talking about those different things, we've got to transform ourselves. I'm like, God, change me. I, I, as a pastor, I look at you guys and I want, I want you to have an encounter with him. I, I want you to experience his love in a deeper measure. I want you to come to a place where we, we talk different and we look different. Hello? I don't have to go back to the same places and don't have to hang out with the same things and don't have to deal with the same issues. You know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I don't know about you, but I'm a results-oriented person. I want something different in my life. So my wife and I, we begin to communicate instead of shutting down and saying, I ah, forget it, she doesn't understand me, she's a woman. I got to work through those barriers. Hello? Maybe I'm not talking to anybody but myself, but we've got to work through those barriers and say, wait a minute, let's communicate. What does this mean? What does that mean? And there's times where she's in Mars and I'm in Venus, you know, or whatever. She's thinking pink and I'm thinking blue. And I'm like, I don't even understand that language, you know. And But there's times when, but the, when we have to work through it. Come on, somebody, because I want to be able to change and I want to have that relationship with her that God wants to have with us. I want to have that relationship with her that the one that God wants us to have that relationship so we've got to work through those things. So whether you come from the north or the south or the east or the west, or whether you're from Oklahoma or New York or California or, or, or Boston, you know, wherever you're at, I mean, we've got to break down those lines of communication and continue to communicate so the Lord of God, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings can begin to change and transform within us. Can I get an amen? So there's a book out there, it's called Release the Power of Jesus. If you can get that book, get it, start reading it, look at it, begin to absorb it, look at its subject material, and begin to just start putting it in you. There's scriptures, there's those things. If, if you can, listen to CDs, listen to audios, uh, download sermons, whatever it is that's going to be able to talk about the goodness of God. Say the goodness of God. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, As a man thinks within him, so is he. As a man thinks within his heart, so is he. So maybe we need to begin to assess where we are and say, where do I want to get to? How many of you want to go on a journey? And you want to say, okay, let's go to California. And then we don't, we don't ever assess where we are. We just get in the car and drive. And we're like, did you put gas in the car? No. Uh, did you get any snacks? No. Uh, that, uh, that tire was a little low on air. Did you put any air in that? No. Because we never assessed what we were going to need for the journey. Hello, somebody. We just get in it and say, okay, sirrah, let's just go. And you get outside the edge of town and you run out of gas. <laughs> or you have a flat tire. <laughs> or you realize, oops, the, baby, the kids were at the babysitter. <laughs> let's go back and get them. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, oops. Are you with me? So we need to be able to assess where we are. And we want to encourage you in that. And I want you to encourage each other. 
I want you to be able to get a, a, a prayer partner or a, a peer encouragement partner, partner or whatever it is. Get somebody that can say, look, man, can we meet once a month? Can, we, can you ask me some tough questions? Can you ask me about my relationship with my wife? Can you ask me about my relationship with my husband? Can we just meet to encourage one another to say where we are is not where we're staying because we're going to move forward? Amen? Maybe you can do that. Or, and then there's going to be some declarations. We're going to do some declarations here in just a few minutes. Because Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the... What you say you have. Say, I'm out of debt. My needs are met. I got plenty of more. Foot in store. Now, you might say that, but you're not out of debt. But if you continue to do that, and I'm looking at Jason, does he continue to do that and continue to speak those things and say, you know what, I'm going to get out of where I'm at. I'm tired of staying in there. I'm tired of when God says we need to be able to raise some money for Riverside Mission Native America, and 200 people are getting, get, getting, getting saved, that I go, I ain't got no money. Can you take an IOU? I can't take the IOU down to the grocery store and buy food for half the Native American tribe down there. Come on, somebody. But see, we're going to begin to start speaking those things. He says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We begin to declare those things. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but that which is edifying, that it may minister grace to those who hear it. You know what the, the message Bible says? It says to say only words that are good. Say only words that are a gift. Say a gift. Each word's a gift. If we took each word and I gave you a gift, when you open it up, would it be a snake or would it be a diamond? Hello. Oh, I got some of the girls going, ah, take the diamond. <laughs> we don't want the snake, right? We don't want the snake. So our words need to be a gift. We're going to pro provide declarations for you to be able to speak out. There'll be times on Wednesday nights we've done some handouts, made them available. On Sundays we've had you fill in the blank and made them. Why? Because I want to give that information to you. I want you to be able to look at it because it's really not what you do today. It's really what you do after today that's going to matter in your life. Oh, come on. Can I say that again? It's not what you're going to do today, right now, this very moment. It's what you're going to do this afternoon. It's what you're going to do tonight. It's what you're going to do tomorrow morning if you get up and, and you hear Daddy say, can we spend some time? And you're like, I got 15 minutes. Yes, Lord, I do. Let's spend some time. Or do we just say, no, let's hit the alarm clock one more time and use up that 15 minutes. Hello? What are you going to do when he says, and you pull up to the, to the restaurant or whatever, and you're going to have lunch, and he says, can we spend some time? And, and you say, you know, I got to eat. You know, I only got 45 minutes, and I got to be back to work. Or are you willing to say, you know what? You feed me today, Lord. And then you sit in the parking lot, and you listen to the Word of God, or you listen to worship music, or you, 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 you understand what I'm saying? Well, I have never done that, Pastor. Well, why don't you try it? Why don't we try it? There were times where I was raising children and it, life was so tough and I was trying to start a business and all this other stuff was going on and work was difficult and, and a big company was threatening to pull their business from us, multi-million dollars a year, and it's going to be your fault, Eric. And I had to sneak away. And I remember in North Carolina where I would go to I-40 and I'd go to a rest area. 
And I'd pull up at the rest area. It was only four minutes, four miles from where, we, where I worked at. And I'd pull into that rest area. And there's a lot of people in a rest area. You ever seen that? There's a lot of people coming and going. And all I did was sit there and I'd look at the Word and I'd begin to read and I'd begin to pray and I'd begin to just cry out to Father. And I'd just begin to say, oh, I need, I need you. And then I looked over. I pulled in one time and I looked over and I was like, that looks like my boss. Across the rest area stopped because it was like a circle and you had to drive around. And there were picnic tables over there. And he is sitting there reading his Bible. Eating chicken. I was like, that's my boss? That's, that's my boss. My boss knew that he had to separate himself and really find some things and find time with God. And it's not going to happen unless you purpose it to happen. Let me say that again. It's not going to happen unless you purpose it to happen. Say, God is good. So I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna say this declaration and then you say it after me. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. The wrath and the judgment of God was poured out on Christ so his goodness could be poured out on me. And manifested through me. God's goodness leads to repentance. I love your goodness. Let's give him some praise in the house. Hallelujah. You get up in the morning, you take the declarations. I think there may be some over there. Make your own, and you find a scripture, and you just get up in the morning and say, God wants good things for me today. God's going to bless me today. He's going to bring me to a place where I can release the goodness of God on somebody's life as well as mine. You begin to start declaring those things, and you do it over and over and over. I'm not talking about doing it as a ritualistic thing. But when you start declaring it, it starts happening inside you. When you make a purpose and say, you know what, I'm going to see the goodness of God today. And you look at others around you and something good happens to them. And you go and say, Kelly, guess what? That was just the goodness of God on your life. And they're going, really? God is good? Because I thought he was up there going to throw a lightning bolt down on me. Because I, I had a bad thought a few moments ago. And when we begin to realize and understand that that's not the case. So let's, let's take a look at the scriptures that we have. We're going to give you some different things to, to talk about, some scriptures to be able to see. And we're going to start off with Psalms 34.8. Psalms 34.8. It says, it says this, Taste and see that the Lord is... Taste and see that the Lord is... Taste and see that the Lord is... Once in a while. Does it say, does it say that? Once in a while? Only when he's in a good mood. Hello? Bill Johnson, has, I, I, I watched him preach and I've read some of his material. He gets up and he says, God is in a good mood. And then he gets up and he preaches again and he says this, God is in a good mood. And he gets up and he preaches again and he says, Daddy's in a good mood. Hello? Daddy's always in a good mood. So God is good all the time. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm not talking about tasting just by your mouth. I'm not talking about, okay, that steak was good. Taste and see that it's better with butter. I'm not talking about that. This scripture's not talking about that. 
And when it says taste and see that the Lord is good, he's not talking about just what's in your mouth or just the sensation of your tongue. Let me give you a couple definitions of, of the word taste. It literally means to have pleasure from. To have pleasure from the Lord, for he is good. Are you with me? So I could take, when it says, taste and see that the Lord is good, I could take this and say, have pleasure from the Lord and see that the Lord is good. Another definition would be to experience. Say experience. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Experience and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> Y'all getting this? Experience and see that the Lord is good. So, when I, when, I, when I understand this and I realize that, God, you want us to have pleasure from you. You want us to experience you. Another definition would be to feel. Say feel. It literally means to feel. To feel and see that the Lord is good. Well, there's times where I don't feel you're even there, Lord. And we've all gone through those times. Lord, I don't even know if you're there. I mean, I don't even feel you, you know. And I'm glad it's based on faith and not feeling. Whether I feel like Jesus went to the cross for me or not, he did. Whether I feel like he died and rose again, guess what? He did. History, the world, Hollywood will try to tell you it never happened. Kind of like the Holocaust, but that's nuts. Whether I feel it or not, it still happened. But to feel and see the Lord. There are times where I need to feel him, don't you? Don't you need to know? There are times where I can, if I want to be intimate with my wife and, and I never see her or, or I never hold her or I never touch her, there's times where it's like, you know, oh, yeah, we're married and it, and it, and it feels good. And no, it don't. What feels good is when we're together. Hello? Hello? What feels good is when I can actually touch her and feel her and she can hold me when I'm, when I'm hurting. And, and God wants to do the same thing to you if you'll get out of the natural and stay in the spirit and say, guess what? He wants to put his arms around you. He wants to pull you in and say, that's my daughter. Oh, you're my daughter. <laughs> Pastor Tanya would say, oh, our little grandkids, they're just so scrumptious. I just want to eat them up. They're yummy, yeah, yummy, yummy, yummy. Yummy, delicious. My grandchildren are that to me. My children are that to me. They're just bigger. You know what I mean? See, what I've found is that sometimes we grow up and think that we no longer need to sit in daddy's lap. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're 5, 50, or, or, or 80, you need to sit in daddy's lap. You're never too old to sit in daddy's lap. Tell your neighbor you're never too old. Another definition that we've got for taste and see that the Lord is good is it literally means to have an experience or enjoyment of. To have an experience. Taste and see for the Lord is good. Again, it's not about the tongue. It's not about the mouth. It's not about your taste buds. But it's beginning to experience Experience God, a true living God who loves you and cares for you and wants the best for you. See, what a lot of the church has been given and gives out is a God that's going to slap you and smack you and hold you back. Hello? Was I the only one that was taught some of that? You better watch out, buddy, because God's going to smack you down. 
taste and see that the, the Lord is good. Experience His goodness. Experience the enjoyment of His goodness. God is good all the time. We got to declare those things. We got to declare those things. We got to bring them forth. A couple more scriptures. Psalms 119, 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Anybody like honey? <laughs> oh, man. I like to take one of the bottles. You know, them plastic bears? Y'all know the honey bottles? I like to take them babies and just squeeze. When I was in high school, they, they said sugar would give you energy. And when I would wrestle, and just before I went out, it was, it was every match before I went out, I would take honey because they said it would give you energy. And I would, I would just squeeze that bear in my mouth. Of course, my dentist loves me. He says, how sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalms 36, 7 says, how precious is your loving kindness. Psalms 52 Verse 1, in the second part of that verse, it says, The loving kindness of God endures all day long. There are new mercies every morning. There are new mercies every morning. Doesn't that sound like a loving God? I mean, you know what that's like? That's like if my wife got up every morning and made me a seven-course breakfast. Hot, tasty. And then at lunch, she made me a seven-course lunch. And then at dinner, she made me a nine-course dinner. Do you see what I'm getting at? But see, when we begin to look at that and we've got to realize that God loves us, His goodness, His loving kindness, it's going to endure all day long. It's going to be there all day. But you don't understand, Pastor, I was busy at work and some things happened and, it, and, and I'm having a difficult time and I just don't even know if God is there. I'm telling you, His loving kindness is still there. It says it's all day long. Say all day. Jason talked about being all in. I'm telling you, God's all in for you. He's all in for you. Jeremiah 31, 14. Let's look at the scripture. Jeremiah, the Spirit of God was prophesying, and Jeremiah was prophesying the word of the Lord. And he says, I will fill the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness. Satisfied with my goodness. My people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. My people, he, he, calls, you my, he calls you his. That's my boy. That's my girl. And he says it's filled with my goodness, declares the Lord. My goodness. Say God is good. Say God is good. I want to challenge you not just this month or for six weeks or however long we do this. We're just going to do this however long we feel like that the Lord's leading us to do this. I want to challenge you. What elements of your daily life can you see the goodness of God? What elements of your daily life do you see the goodness of God? We made a major investment in eyeglasses not too long ago. And 
I bought a pair of sunglasses. And I had a hard case. And I wear my sunglasses and I take them off. I put my glasses in there. And I saw the goodness of God yesterday. I saw God pouring out upon the Native American community in Riverside and and the kids were being blessed and they were having fun and they were smiling and there was joy in their lives and all of this stuff was taking place and I haven't told you this, honey, so forgive me. This is the goodness of God. So I had my glasses on and, and I took them off and I put my... I had my sunglasses on, I took them off and I put my glasses on And I put my glasses in a case and I set it on the bumper of the van, the church van. See, God, I could see goodness of God all day long for everybody else. And I wasn't whining saying, God, where's your goodness for me? But he brought this back to me this morning because then all of a sudden, Jason and, 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 and Mario, I mean, Mario and them, they, they went off with the girls and they went over to see our, our Arapaho dorm and they went in there and we went in to bless them and give them some stuff and all of that. And they took the van. So we drive around and we meet them and we go in and we're with them and another group stayed back and all of a sudden, Jason comes up to me with his glass case it was on the bumper of the van but they drove oh come on somebody and it was still there and he looked I looked at that and the first thing I thought was oh my gosh how would I tell Shelly if I lost some glasses because we made a we, and, and, I, and, and I love her but you know I do some boneheaded stuff sometimes you know what I mean so and I, but, I, but, but God quickly said, that's my goodness. That's my goodness. Now, and I don't know if you've ever lost the glasses, but I remember Pastor Sean, in, 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 after the tornado, and he was like, I didn't have my glasses. I didn't have my glasses. And, and we went there. Remember, Jody? And we, we went in there, and it was the house was destroyed except for the bathroom, and some of you know the deal. And I was looking around, and I'm thinking, how are we going to find glasses in this? And I looked up. And there was a pile of rubble right there. And there was glasses sitting right in the deal. And I pulled them out. (laughs) I remember it. I pulled them out and I thought, are these your glasses? And Sean was over by the road away from the deal. And he probably couldn't see whether they were his glasses or not. But Jody was like, yeah, those are his glasses. And I took them out and they, they didn't even look damaged to me. How do you see the goodness of God in your everyday life? I want to challenge you this week, and I want to have testimony next Sunday of the goodness of God. How? Because it's real easy to see, well, you know what? I lost my glasses, and that wasn't too good. Where was God then? But you know what? You've got to start looking for the goodness of God throughout the day. Let's start looking for those things. And when he found those glasses, I looked at that, and I thought, oh, wow. And I heard him say, that's my goodness. There are difficult things to happen to everybody. But in the midst of what's taking place in your life, would you begin to look and see the goodness of God in your life? Will you stand up this morning? Maybe you're here today and and you're just not sure about God. Maybe you're here today and you're just Maybe this is some things that's going to challenge you. I'm good. I hope I challenge your belief system. 
Listen to me. God did not cause the tornado. God did not cause the tsunami. God did not cause sickness or disease to be upon your body to teach you a lesson. Do you hear me? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. If it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, it's not God. Well, pastor, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I can prove to you scripturally that Jesus rebuked the storm. He didn't create the storm. Perfect theology is to look at Jesus. Jesus never put sickness on them to heal them. He never caused blindness to them to say, let me heal your blindness. He is not sick and twisted to put cancer on your body just so you can see how much you love him and if you're faithful. That's not the God we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus and Jesus' life. Say life. And Jesus is good. Say good. And he's not good just when he feels like being good. He's not schizophrenic and said, I'm going to be good to Shorty today, but I'm not going to be good to him tomorrow. I'm going to give him raises and bonuses and, and, and I'm going to show him my love and all these things today. But tomorrow, I'm going to kick him around and kick him down and just see. How... I'm telling you, that's not what we're talking about. We're going to focus on the goodness of God and we're going to take you through the Bible and we're going to let you see Jesus and the miracles that he's done and the things that he had done. And it was only good things that he wanted for his people. It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. The changing of your mind. It's God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. I don't know why good, bad things happen to good people, but they do. But although they do, it doesn't mean that I believe that God is bad because He is good. And He's always working something out for you right now. Put your hand on your heart today. Just say, I receive your goodness today, God. Come on, just tell Him, say, Father, I receive your goodness. I, I declare good things over your body today. I declare good things in your life today. I declare that you experience His goodness. I declare that you're able to see and give testimony of the goodness of God. Favor being released on your life. His presence being released on your life. His honor, His glory being released on your life. That I call for a change, just a change in and through you. Transformation wherever you are, to begin or to continue right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord a big mighty hand clap or something? He is good all the time. We bless you today. We, we dismiss you today. If you need prayer today, we've got prayer teams that love to pray for you. So come on up and let us pray for you. May you go forth in His power and His might and may you experience the goodness of God each and every day, all day long, in Jesus' name. Amen.